What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Other Wrestling Daves podcast. I'm your host, David Rosenberg. We just got done watching two nights of WrestleMania. Monday Night Raw is about to start. Uh, it's the Raw after Mania, so I know that's supposed to get real crazy. Uh, but I'm here with Donnie, as always. Donnie, how did you enjoy the show of shows, two-night event? Oh, man. What more can I say about WrestleMania than, boy, was it good, and boy, was it exhausting. I, Splitting I, it up into two nights doesn't necessarily make it any less exhausting, especially when you tack on two other nights of NXT pay-per-views right before then. It, it's a great point you just made, and we're going to talk about the two-night thing in just a bit. But you mentioned NXT, and we have to talk about NXT first and foremost because we previewed it last week with Austin. And I, I don't know that everything went the way that we thought it was going to go, but... I think a lot of it went sideways <laughs> one big thing though and you guys you guys called this and kind of got me on board last week was Raquel Gonzalez going over Io Shirai so uh, you know I'll ask you what was your favorite part about both nights of NXT but also how did you feel about the Io Shirai title drop yeah I'm kind of surprised that Io lost but I think it's really interesting seeing that now Raquel is going to be like the main star of NXT and you can have women coming back from what? Smackdown and raw and trying to challenge her for a title yeah I, you know my concern last week was that could raquel gonzalez actually be the leading lady in nxt you've had really strong women i think in that position for years now we're talking asuka Kyrie, eo uh rhea ripley uh, Shayna baszler you know this is the mm-hmm. uh, ember moon even i mean she falls kind of towards the bottom of that list and, and she's a powerhouse in her own in in various ways so I was nervous that Raquel Gonzalez might not be exactly ready for this moment, but uh, at least in that match, uh, you know, at Takeover Stand and Deliver, it really, it really looked to me like this was this was an okay moment to pass the torch. You know, in the mo- in the moment when it hits, if it hits right, I think that's a really uh, a big thing that 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 they need to you know do, and they achieve that. Uh, it made it feel like a, a proper transition, if I can say that, you know. So uh, all of my reluctance towards Raquel has kind of gone out the window. And, and, and I'm nervous and excited for EO because, you know, uh, Hunter, tr- uh, Triple H, after the show, you You're know, he, he, yeah. <laughs> he, he said uh, in the press conference that, you know, one loss, uh, he said this for Adam Cole too, I believe, but one loss doesn't mean that, you know, they're all all of a sudden gone from NXT and that they're going to be leaving. Um, I don't know how true that is. You know, I think that uh, it, it does a lot of the time mean that they're going to be leaving. It's as much as they want to make NXT out as a third brand, it is still their developmental brand and they want to bring guys up like Shayna Baszler did, like Damian Priest did, etc. So, uh, but th- this was a really big change. Uh, and actually, I'm going to peg this as my favorite moment for the uh, entire, I think, uh, takeover uh, because I just thought that EO, because EO's reign had been so long, they did need to get it off of her. And to succeed in making me, who I, admittedly I'm a bit of a smark, uh, to make me okay with the way that match played out and to kind of look forward to what I assume will be a Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai uh, feud, I, I think they did a really stand-up job. Uh, and it impressed me because, like I said, seven days ago, I was not on board with this plan at all. And in the moment, I was enjoying the hell out of it. Uh, what was your favorite part of NXT? Uh, I got to say it was the untelevised match. The really? unsanctioned match. Sorry. Uh, yeah, the Kyle O'Reilly, Alan Cole match. That was dope. Uh, I thought you were going with the... Uh, the the, uh, uh, the They had like a... Un- they had a untelevised but i think it was on uh peacock. no sorry it was they had like a no. 
<laughs> a Breezango a match. Yeah, they had a Breezango oh, really? match. No, yeah, I didn't see that. That's funny. It was yeah. <laughs> it was not. It was not bad, but it was not like it was kind of just like why are they doing this? So I thought that you were bringing that up for uh for, for to poke a little fun, but uh the Cole and O'Reilly match was. I kind of have two uh favorite matches. Okay, but it kind of ties into it. The Cole and O'Reilly match I thought was my favorite just because it does signal the end of an era, an undisputed era. Right, and. There was a lot of really cool stuff there. I think the uh, the EO and the Raquel match, EO attacked Raquel on the uh, the same like uh, steps, not mm-hmm. steps, sorry, the same platform Ramp thing. Yeah, yeah, that they went through the other night, right. and I didn't even consider that you could go through that. True, <laughs> especially when Adam like cut through the side of it to get back at uh, Kyle O'Reilly and pull him out. Well, I you know so O'Reilly with the win here. Uh, I want to talk about that match just a little bit before we move on to WrestleMania. But O'Reilly with the win, what do you, what do you think happens now? Because he is again. I want to you know compare this to what we I was just talking about with mm-hmm. Raquel Gonzalez a few weeks ago. I would have just said that O'Re- Kyle O'Reilly's a great wrestler, but he's a tag team guy, and I don't know if he should be um, in as an Amber Alert goes off on my phone. Uh, but I was gonna say that uh, you know O'Reilly winning means that he is now a main guy in NXT and he will continue to be a, a main guy in NXT. I don't know if I would have been so on board with that a month ago, but I'm definitely here for it now. I would I should say a few months ago a because month, he's yeah, been... Yeah, because a month ago he wrestled Finn. Yeah, and the Finn Balor <laughs> match was really where he entered. But him beating O'Reilly now, I mean, he's... I mean, I'm sorry, beating Cole. Kyle O'Reilly's got to be one of the... one of, If not the top guy in NXT, right? Uh, I mean, aside from carrying Cross, but a, chal- a challenger nonetheless. Yeah, Balor's not going to go after Cross again, mm-hmm. so he's up there, and of course Gargano. Right, Gargano will always be uh, up there, yeah. and, and Champa. I guess you can always pair that. He, oh, he always has, you know, uh, uh, an option. But I'm excited to see, like you said, the end of an undisputed era, but the beginning of the Kyle O'Reilly era in NXT, perhaps. And also, what I was thinking of was Legado del Fantasma. Right. Okay. Where do you see that going? Um. Well, no, I just really like the uh, the Santos Escobar Jordan Devlin match. The oh, okay. tag team. Uh, triple threat did you see at really any great. point did you actually think devlin would win that no no that's no, it, that's where it i was wasn't at like time. telegraphed like it usually is and mm-hmm. it didn't seem like the kind of correct swerve it just felt like to me in the moment that uh, i i uh, i thought that it just felt like okay i have literally never seen devlin and and to me he he isn't even a champion of any sorts because I just haven't seen him as that as much as you Mm -hmm. want to call the other guy the interim champion and you know that was Devlin's little I think shtick in this feud was that you know make sure you call him the interim champion because I'm the real one I know it's classic heel stuff but there is nothing there's no emotional connection to me you know with me and Devlin so I was just kind of uh, during this match I enjoyed the work because obviously both of them are really really good uh, but you know, it was just kind of boring, and I I, I was waiting for it uh, t- to end, frankly. So really, yeah, uh, cool. I mean, I, well, because I, match, I think so I think yeah, like, like I mean, like like, like I said, the 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 actual work was fine, but it was just the story to me seemed so straightforward. Where it was like, okay, I mean, he's got to win here. Devlin can't win because it just really wouldn't make sense. Like who would who would feel behind him? You know, who would be who would be excited for that? So. That's just the way I viewed it. Um, you know, once uh, match, I, I see that. Ho- hopefully, a lot of people were able to look past that and just enjoy the match for what it was. But I thought both nights of NXT were really good. I actually think the first night uh, was better. We, the one thing we didn't talk about 
which we'll hit on for just a second, is the Walter match. Um, Walter, and I think I tweeted this, continues to be must-see TV every time he graces our television screen, whether it's pay-per-view, NXT, NXT UK. Anytime you get a chance to see Walter in a match, you probably should do it because watching him chop the shit out of someone is just special. Mm Mm-hmm. And especially someone like Ciampa who can believably take it with a character that he has. Ciampa was so good in that match. I like when they were doing their back. Yeah, no, it was great. (laughs) They did a back and forth a bit too before the finish. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's move on to uh, WrestleMania, I guess. That's the big one. That's what people are going to be listening to this show uh, to hear our thoughts on. Uh, It was a two-night affair. The first night slowed down just a little bit by some rain it's tampa it's florida both of us live in florida donnie so we know how the weather can get especially as we get closer and closer to the summer months there's a good chance for it to rain for about 20 minutes anywhere at any time so uh i was pretty confident that this rain was going to go away but it gave us some pretty cool promo work i thought uh for the first 30 40 minutes of wrestlemania 37 night one so what what did you think about these promos were they I, I, I want to say, yeah, go ahead. I took notes on them. I took notes on some of them. Yeah. Uh, I like Drew's, ten, not tenacity, uh, aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. It was kind of signaling, signaling that he might not actually get the win, which in hindsight, I didn't know that. Um, Seth also just made an effort to become an even greater heel. And are you talking about just the recorded promos or like, the, sorry, the uh, the live promos or the recorded ones that they showed in the beginning mostly the live ones uh because you know the first 30 minutes i think they Kevin sent Owens's out promo was uh, really good too the, the only one i think that didn't work I, I think they let shane talk for a little uh, or shane and braun i think that was a segment that didn't work and then i think bobby lashley also uh needed mvp's help to kind of uh make that segment good but i right. i did I, I did think that this was the perfect case of wwe at its best because you know for years you've heard uh, smart fans complain and bitch about there not being, you know, I'm sorry, about there being too much scripting, not there not being scripting, that there's too much scripting, that everything is written down and that these people have to repeat it word for word and it takes the emotion away from it. I thought you saw a lot of emotion and a lot of what these actual people thought their wrestling characters were, you know, and that's that's something that is disconnected from today's Raw and SmackDown. I think that the guys don't get to be who they think their character is, you know, it's it's like method acting. Um, it's, it's exactly like method acting, actually, because they are their characters to an extent. So I thought this was really great, and I hope Vince saw the response that it got and will loosen up a little bit and just Give them some free mic time. You know, they went to the guys like Owens and Brian and and and, and Reigns and Heyman and, and and everyone that can talk. You know what I mean? Like these guys all should be talking on a weekly basis. And for as little wrestling as we actually get on the main roster shows like Raw and SmackDown, I think this would supplement or you know take the place of that. It would be perfect, wouldn't it? Wouldn't you be so happy to see these kind of interviews every every week? I'd be much happier seeing this kind of interview every week than, you know, the 45 minutes of commercials. Correct. The pay-per-view, not the pay-per-view, sorry, the picture-in-picture that also kills things. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I think they have an incredible pacing issue and that this is something that, uh, that, that could fix it. Yeah, uh, for a show that was delayed with weather, I think the pacing in this, even though it was like a little back-heavy for all the wrestling, I think it was good. Because mm-hmm. it seems like the regular Raw and SmackDown shows, they do a talk and then they have commercials and then they go back and they just recap what happened last 
like five minutes as soon as they come back from the commercials. And doing it this way, even though it was kind of forced, it kind of kept you all invested. It was just kind of like a longer pre-show. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Uh, this, this, I, I felt like uh, a bit of panic, as I'm sure most people in WWE did when I heard that there was going to be a rain delay. But then I realized that this is wrestling and this is exactly how it's supposed to go. So I thought they did a great job. And it was like an extended pre-show. You got to see uh, a bit a bit more than you would see on a pre-show. But um, it was like the old Saturday Night Main Events a little bit where they used to start with... Uh, I think everyone on the show would do a promo, just like a little, you know, here's what I mean, brother. Uh, but I think that really works because mm-hmm. it, it gives you an idea of who the characters are if you've never seen them before. Of course, there's going to be some first time watchers of WrestleMania. That's just how it goes. So I I, I agree with you. This uh, this was a win for WWE and, and a good 40 minutes, even if it wasn't their intended first 40 minutes of the show. Of course, we got to their uh, actual first planned match, which was Lashley and Drew for the WWE Championship. That went about 20 minutes. I think there were uh, this I'm going to say night one was like the wrestling night. I'll I'll tell you what that means more when we talk about night two. But night one had a bunch of like long, good, actual matches. Uh, And Lashley and McIntyre was the perfect example of that. Uh, Except for the finished, I loved everything about this. Um, I'm not upset that Lashley won. uh, Mm -hmm. But with the way it was going and with Drew coming out so emotional, so excited to be in front of the fans... I thought that him winning with the Claymore, especially when he got the 3-2-1, or maybe it's 1-2-3, uh, but the countdown thing that he started doing right. almost a year ago, maybe longer than that, at two I think Royal Rumbles ago. I think he started doing that at a, yep, at a Rumble. Right. So, I, you know, I think get, that getting over, I mean, this was just, this This needed to be a babyface win. And as much as I love Bobby Lashley as the mean Hurt Business, uh, you know, mob boss guy or whatever he is with MVP... I don't know that he needed to win this, uh, you know, as uh, to make his career. I don't think anyone's that excited about it. I, I and, and he certainly could have won it back in another pay per view. So, for me, I think that the this was a really, really good match to start things off with. But they should have gone with a different finish. What do you think? The finish itself, like the process, mm-hmm. uh, Drew getting caught in the hurt lock and then, you know, trying to get out of it like he'd done many times during that right, same match. Right, thank you for filling in the gaps that I I, I, I th- did not say. Fine. I think it was pretty cool. Um, but, you know, Bobby just kind of, he showed up. He proved that he could outwork Drew, which right. I was complaining about before how they had Drew in a handicap match and they didn't have Bobby in a handicap match. Right. And, on and, the, uh, the regular shows. And the weird thing here, I think, is that, um, and not weird, but maybe difficult mm-hmm. thing here with the booking decision, is that now Lashley is this big monster, similar to Roman Reigns, and we'll talk about this when we talk about night yes. two. But who does Lashley face? Is this a case where you have to go with a draft to switch things up and get him some new opponents? Because it feels like he's gone through almost everybody or been so dominant that there isn't anyone on the roster at least right now that I can think of that has a legitimate claim or legitimate opportunity to beat him, including his own team, you know, former team members with, and Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. Um, especially coming off of a pay-per-view, I don't know who's on which show. Right. Uh, so <laughs> without a draft, you could have, I don't know where Braun Strowman is. Is he on the same show? Which, which show is uh, Drew on? I assume he's on Raw. I assume they're both on Raw. Drew, Drew and Lashley are on Raw, but uh, Strowman on is on way. SmackDown, I think. Maybe he's on okay. Raw. You're right. It so is too. hard to keep I'm track of sure. these things. Maybe a draft is is in order, but it sounds like you're um, at a loss for uh, you know opponents 
for Bobby Lashley as well. I just, Randy, I think. Uh, true, although show. he just, uh, although he just, you know, won against the Fiend. So does I that? I think the Fiend might be taking a break. Do know. you we'll have to talk about? Well, that we'll later. talk about that when we get tonight too. <laughs> but I think the outcome here is that we're, you know we're not upset that Lashley won, but it is a bit confusing on where they go next. Um, Raw's about to start literally in three minutes as we're recording Lashley this, so a, maybe had some a bit answers. Of a time beating up uh, on Miz and Morrison, and also on Riddle. They or go back to that. It could be it, they could continue the Drew thing, although I I, I wouldn't after this. The submission is usually a, a finish. Um, but oh, I, I feel submitted. bad for Drew. He should have got his yeah. Moment. No, I feel bad for Drew too. But I think it would feel bad too if they just kind of had Bobby win so he could lose. That would kind of suck. Then we had Natalia and Tamina winning the tag team turmoil match. This one went 14 minutes, which was. It felt longer, I'll be honest. It, it was a gauntlet match of sorts. All right, so the way it started was Lana and Naomi were the first, one, first ones in the ring. Billy Kay and Carmella joined them, and Billy Kay and Carmella beat them. Now, I think the way that they won was Carmella did uh, like a dirty pin. Carmella helped Billy Kay, uh, you know, used her feet to kind of push Billy Kay as she was applying the roll-up pin. Uh, maybe I'm wrong on that, so someone correct me if I am, but I, I think it was a dirty pin because... Billy Kay and Carmella went for the same exact thing against the next team in, which was the Riot Squad, Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot. Sarah Logan's not even in here, so I don't know why I have to clarify that. But they tried it again, and the ref caught Carmella this time. So that was the end for the you know comedy duel. Let's call them what they are. As much as Carmella is fun and Billy Kay is fun, they they are not the most serious of competitors. And we they moved on with the, the Riot unannounced Squad. Unannounced ones, right? Right, yeah, and they were the unannounced ones. And usually when you have someone unannounced um, or unannounced going into the week of Mania, I feel like it should be a bigger duo than, than that one. But it was fun, and they didn't last uh, an entirely too long time, so so, so that's good. Uh, Riot Squad stayed in. Um, they were uh, – they actually stayed in for two – Another round beating Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. We have to talk about the big slip with Mandy Rose. Uh, she, I actually thought Dana was the one that <laughs> fell, but it because I think she's had some issues Even, in the past. Oh, with falling. Yeah, but uh, Mandy the was the one that got slipped. Them mixed up at one point. They right. were wearing the same outfit. They looked very similar. I actually enjoyed the their gear. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was good. That's how like I think tag teams can be. They looked like a real tag team. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was very matching. I, I enjoyed that. Um, but Mandy. Unfortunately, slipped. Uh, she made light of it on Twitter, so I think she she's chilling. She got a lot of publicity from it, so people know who she is now. Um, they didn't look so great in the match. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. This this I, you hear the competitors: Lana, Naomi, Billy Kay, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Mandy Rose. These are not these are not the top of the women's division. So uh, when Natalia and Tamina came in, I probably should have seen this coming, but I thought that the Riot Squad was actually going to win this because, for me, the story of the match was Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot being an actual team together. You know what I'm saying? They were an actual team, so they, they were going through other teams that were really just makeshift, mishmash, uh, dusty classic teams, if you know what I mean. Right, and that's a good analysis of it. I do think Ruby and Liv were kind of like the best wrestlers on there, mm -hmm. but I will say, though, that I thought Dana Brooke was going to be worse, and she kind of surprised me. She wasn't that bad. This okay, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll make that point as well because, uh, aside from Billy Kay, who was pretty horrendous, 
a lot of people were not as bad as I expected it to be. Maybe it's just I've set the bar very low. Um, but it wasn't mm-hmm. horrendous. You know, I'm not going to give it below two stars or anything. I think it was two, two and a half stars, something like that. But, I mean, it was for a WrestleMania multi-person match, they could have done a lot better. And for it seems like they were just if trying to get were- a bunch of women involved, they could have done better, especially with no Charlotte, Becky, and, uh, you know, Ronda and other people that I'm uh, Bailey, Bailey. Just the part right. of the team. There was just there was just no not a lot of female star power on the show. Of course, mm-hmm. there were a couple major events, and we'll talk about those. But this felt like we got to get more women on the show. They could have done better. Although I am happy for uh, Natalia and Tamina getting a win at WrestleMania because they are kind of veterans in the in the business. And Tamina, this is probably the loudest I've ever heard her get cheers over the two nights. Yeah, I was real happy for uh, Tamina and Natalia winning. I just don't know if it's like the best move to showcase talent. Uh, I don't know if the finish itself was also improvised, but it was cool for Natalia to give Tamina the opportunity to get the pin. It did seem, it, yeah, it did seem like Natalia like went into business on her own and literally said, "Tamina, you get the pin here." So that was uh that was nice. And of course, Natalia took the pin the next night. So we'll talk about that in a bit too. But that's a uh, match two for night one. Match three for night one, Cesaro defeated Seth Rollins. This might have been one of my favorite matches of the entire weekend. Uh, I predicted that going in. I said this was like a ROH main event from 10 years ago. I wasn't wrong. Uh, they were great. Rollins earned a lot of respect from me. I, I, I don't. I'm, he, I don't. Did he not have a lot? Yeah. So I, I let me let me, <laughs> let me rephrase. I, I love the guy. I love the way he wrestles. I just think that. He's become a part of that WWE system, and and he says some things that are just kind of like, buddy, man, like, you could have been so much cooler as a person. I just don't know why you're so corporate. But uh, this this showed me that he wasn't, you know, I mean, obviously he was instructed to take the loss, but he really put over Cesaro like someone who respects the hell out of one of the best wrestlers in the world. And that's what Cesaro is, and he made him look like it. So uh, Cesaro realistically could be up for a championship opportunity. He got to win at WrestleMania. And, you know, they didn't put him in a six-minute match where he lost like an idiot. So, uh, this is good. The only thing I have to say in the fallout of it is, please, Seth, drop drop the gimmick. Just, it's kind of funny now that you're being like the drunk, uh, you know, best man at a wedding who forgot his speech. Because that's kind of what his uh, promo was like at the beginning of the show. But the I'm the chosen one stuff... That's still not working, and it needs to go. And WrestleMania is always the time to shed a bad gimmick. So that's all I have to say on that. Very happy Cesaro one. Uh, for points, I give the fans zero points for counting. Oh, my but God. Thank you for Other mentioning. than that, I I think Seth and Cesaro did really amazing. I think for a first match, a first singles match, Cesaro did great, and I'm glad that Seth also gave him the opportunity to do so. Um, in a way that doesn't make him look bad. Mm-hmm. Again, that has to do with booking, but Seth has been booked uh, in this feud with Cesaro for a few weeks. So this was like, this was built up. And it's pretty cool that we got the best result out of it possible, which is Cesaro winning and not Seth just burying him back into the mid card. No, totally agree. And I'm glad you mentioned the counting thing. <laughs> I went back and counted. Do you want the numbers? Right. So I was going to say, I tried to count in the moment. Of course, you can't go back on Peacock as you're watching it. So that was a bit annoying, but I thought there were only like 17 or 18 spins. And they, they of course, said there were 23, yeah. but it, there was more like 23 seconds. 
I think it was fans that like didn't start counting right away and mm-hmm. then they wanted to count and then they just said the next number right away. Right. One, two, three, four, yeah. five. It's like, how could he spin someone that fast? He's so not whipping attempt, them around. Yeah. The first attempt was only eight spins and the second attempt was only 19. And so if you I, want to include the UFO spin over the back, that was an extra six and a half. So they, and, and I know that the total, they, the, the work total that they gave, I think was nine and 23. So 32. Yep. So that was, uh, yeah. 32 somehow what 19 plus 8 that would be 27 so he got five additional spins credited to him uh courtesy of the fans so uh, cesaro owes a great oh, debt to they the should people have at least Tampa. counted correctly and at least gotten to 37 it's true i don't yeah you think <laughs> you think cesaro would be counting in his head just to get the spot done but i'm sure it's a i mean dude, it's a bit I'm much sure when he goes as as fast as he can right or I, not when, as fast as he can he does as good as he can to keep sets head and when twelve thousand people are screaming numbers the wrong at you, number. it's just, <laughs> yeah it's got to be a bit overwhelming but that it was it was still a good match despite the fans inability to count following it was aj styles and almost defeating the new day uh kofi and xavier were they got the entrance with uh Big E. so i i had a real i enjoyed that because i've missed the new day together, uh, just seeing them with fans and getting the big, Oh, from biggie was, was just everything. I think that I needed at a WrestleMania. Um, I, I'm sad they didn't get the win, but I didn't think they were going to get the win, uh, because it was really almost as night to just shine and be an absolute giant. Uh, it looked like almost was taking his kid trick or treating, walking in with AJ Styles. <laughs> the, the, the height difference is is, is jarring. <laughs> it's astounding. Yeah. <laughs> and AJ did like a real high up there, uh, phenomenal forearm off of Almost's shoulder. So that was cool. Biggie was also at the like way before in the weather delay. He was talking up New Day, so I'm glad right. they had him out for the actual entrance and not just for that thing in the moment true it, it isn't new day without biggie so i you know i thought that was a nice touch and uh, the other thing i gotta mention is that the psychology here i'm sure you guys have heard it it was all backwards uh you know the heels aj and almost were cheered because the entire match built up to almost getting the hot tag and seeing what the big guy can actually do uh yeah in you know if you want to break down the theory i guess xavier woods and kofi kingston effectively eliminated one person from a tag team match so that they didn't have to deal with someone who was clearly going to overpower them. And that's what mm-hmm. heels do. I mean, I know you can argue that it's a smart babyface work or something like that, but it makes the fans want to see the big guy. And that's exactly how it how it went. And that's why I almost got the big pop when he finally came out. I also don't out. think we really dislike the New Day for keeping him out of the match for too long. I don't we think we, ex- we accept that they're bad. You yeah, know? but they become that, the bad. heels they're, of the match. Yeah, they're not as good as almost. Exactly. Well, they can out-wrestle him, but he's just way too big. And then they kind of just look like goofy baby faces. But, you know, hopefully they, uh, with E, you know, losing his match on night two, it's possible that the New Day just gets back together and, and does their I thing. I kind of wish New Day walked in with them. But, I, I do know. too. Um, but, yeah, that, that tag match, pretty quick, 10 minutes, uh, you know half of it almost wasn't involved the other half almost dominated so it played out exactly how i thought it was going to play out then we had the uh cage match steel cage match between braun Strowman and shane mcmahon i feel like this one kind of played out the exact same way 
that we thought <laughs> we it was yeah. with some with some added spots i thought the uh, uh you know i think the one that everyone's going to talk about is braun shoving his hand through the wire or whatever it mm-hmm. was to to drag shane back over yeah shane tried to wave goodbye to him mm-hmm. as he was climbing out as he was getting over braun, the other side yeah braun held his hand and ripped the corner of uh, the cage to pull oh, him back through god that's that's incredible <laughs> uh yeah I would say that they always surprise me with their spots. The like, big man stuff big is, is always good. Yeah, like a big drop isn't like super surprising, but when they do something original like that, I always get a pop for it. How true is that? Because you know you don't even have to find another match to 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 point to point that out. Because the big man stuff that Strowman did is what we're remembering. And the finish of the match was Shane McMahon taking a hip toss front flip off the top of the cage. He... I mean, so that we were expecting. We expect something like Ex- that. From exactly. Shane That's my point. We That's not even the stuff that we like. Yeah. So he can he can save his body a little bit. Yeah. It's Shane. I know you're doing it to get your dad's attention, but it's it's not, it's not even getting our attention. So what do you think he thinks? Oh. Uh, but you know this uh, this was good. I guess uh, Braun won for all the dummies out there. So if you're a self-identifying dummy, uh, give a good golf clap for Braun Strowman, and he's your guy now. Um, <laughs> I like how Braun said that, and everybody cheered for him. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I did it for all the dummies. And they're like, yes, you did. You did it I, for us. We are stupid. I, you know, I, I call myself stupid a lot, so I appreciate Braun. Right, but, I mean, maybe not on television like that. But <laughs> I mean, I'd clap for him. All right, and then we had the real main event. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, next match was Bad Bunny and Damian Priest versus Miz and Morrison. Priest shocking was, wrestler. Priest was not involved in this, like, at all until until the end, like he was very uninvolved, don't you think? Um, mm-hmm. That said, Bad Bunny kind of fucking stole the show. He was. I think he was there just kind of a support. Yeah. I, I, did you expect Bad Bunny to go off like this? This was arguably no. the best celebrity match I've ever seen. You've ever seen. We've ever seen. I think ever for sure. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of them, but this topped all expectations. Like there, there are worse wrestlers that will do a mania spot. Mm-hmm. granted they're probably usually on the pre-show i don't <laughs> want to name names uh but no if he was also wrestling someone not like miz and morrison he wouldn't have been able to pull all that off but i'm really glad that we have like kind of a believable feud bad bunny has been suck not sucker punching him he's been like hitting him real hard potatoing yeah i yeah he, potatoing he, well no but like on like the weekly shows too yeah so no I, it's I, been they show the replays of, of him connecting yeah, it's been a believable buildup too. So like, I'm so glad he performed this well because if he hadn't, then all of that would have been kind of eh, garbage. Yeah, that's very true. I think there was a lot of pressure on him to deliver, and I guess uh, you know I think you've heard the reports. A lot of people have heard the reports, but if you haven't, he moved closer to uh, you know Central Florida, Orlando, to the performance center so he could start practicing every Dude, day. I have some stuff to say. Oh wait, this is in the past or now? Now, I mean he he was he okay, was living cool. there. He was living like. I think in Orlando for the past few months mm-hmm. or maybe staying at a hotel for, for various points so that he could train every day for this match. So it, it paid off. It worked. Uh, wrestling fans, I, you know, we've been able to joke for the past few months that this guy has been all over our stuff and we don't exactly know who he is and that WWE is trying to use some Latin rap star to get over with a certain market. But in the process, he has to have gotten over with us, the wrestling fans. If you don't appreciate some, yeah. If you don't appreciate someone who who just comes into your space and respects the hell out of it and says, "I'm gonna, 
I'm not just going to do this thing for the paycheck. I'm going to give everything I've got. And that's exactly what Pat McAfee did. And I think that's why the comparisons between Bunny and McAfee have come up so often. Uh, you know, this is like, this is just perfect. This is exactly how it should go. And if you didn't know who Bad Bunny was, you do now. Uh, night two, they had a promo of him also. Sorry, this is cutting ahead, but it's Bad Bunny related, so we don't have to talk about him anymore. But he got a, I think he was gifted a mic by Triple H. It looks like a microphone. Oh, right. And yeah. I think they announced that as like the last world tour. Now, I don't know if that's just some catchy naming or if he's taking a break from touring and maybe wrestling next year. I, I, or the don't, year think, after. I don't think he's wrestling, but I don't I, know, I, man. I, David I, Arquette makes a lot of money and he wrestles I could for see fun. him coming back. I mean, he, he you know, he, the thing is, he enjoys it. He clearly enjoys it and exactly. likes being here. So, uh, you know, we'll talk about Logan Paul in a bit, but Logan Paul to me seemed like the guy who was there for the check. So this was, uh, you know, Bad Bunny was clearly the celebrity star of the weekend, and he should get big applauses and everything if he shows up on Raw, SmackDown, wherever. If he's in WWE, I, I want to watch it. So, uh, you know, even if he's not a full-time guy like you <laughs> might be suggesting. But I think he wants it. <laughs> all right, let's talk about the main event. This was the big one. Uh, again, talk about pressure. We talked about pressure on the last match. Jeez, this was... Uh, they they announced it as the the first ever time that two black women have main evented WrestleMania. And that's absolutely true. Uh, keep in mind that women haven't main evented WrestleMania any other time but the Ronda year, right? Where they had Ronda, the triple uh, threat. Yeah, the triple threat with Becky and Charlotte. So this uh this is really big. Even if you want to argue that this is only night one and that night two was the true main event, um. This felt like a main event. It was treated like a main event. The celebration when Bianca won was like a main event. I, I can only imagine that on SmackDown this Friday, it is going to be absolutely fantastic. Um, This this was, for me, an instant classic. I don't know if you agree with that, but uh, this was maybe not the like most perfectly worked match ever, but it had every bit of emotion that you want. And WWE finally gave what a lot of fans have been asking for in a young up and coming superstar getting the big win over someone established you know she she beat a ho- one of the four horsewomen so Belair going from NXT maybe to focus of the company in in just a year or so I, absolutely incredible i love this uh for me night 1 w- w- was w- was the better night and and this w- was part of that it was as good of a main event as as night two and and possibly even better i think this hits a lot of the check marks for what makes it a classic match and you of course have that with a you know first timer rookie versus established legend right and of course like an upset win like that right and if you have an emotional story behind it that's even better and i think the sasha thing first like um like a like what you said about the the two black women doing it. That's another interesting first. And, and the Sasha element you know, to it where she can never retain it. a title. Yeah. That, that makes it even harder. It Because I think all of, you know, at least I, I did last week. I thought that Sasha has to win this. Like it's it's WWE booking 101 for them to go. We can't, that would we so can't bury Sasha like this, even though they bury anyone else any other time. But 
they gave the young person the win. You know, this is the this is this is a huge win. This makes a career. Uh, so you know, Belair getting this moment, she is the future of this company in the women's division. It's just her and Rhea Ripley, really. At the same time, Sasha has enough accolades that she can stand to take this loss. Yes. And it's not like a, bem- a blemish on her record because Bianca's also moving up. You know, Bianca Agreed. goes up, that elevates Sasha too. And let me argue this point for the people who are going to say, no, it is a blemish on her record. What's the difference between 0-6 and, and retaining your championship and 0-7? And you still won a championship seven times. Yeah, you didn't retain it. But there's no greater legitimacy concerns after seven than six. It's either the same, you keep getting fucked, or you just can't really hold up to the pressure. And if she retains on number eight, it'll feel the exact same, or maybe even better as retaining on number seven. You know what I mean? So I don't think people need to get hung up on this. Um, I know the Sasha stands will because her army is just so deep, but this was an incredible showing by Sasha. And, you know, it, it really, like, you know, I think it, she is one of the most important people in the women's division in this company's history. Especially but right this now. really made her like a legend to me, you know, a, like a mm-hmm. living legend. Like, and she's still young. She still has a lot to do, but she she's just made a career. Well, younger than I am. Yeah. She just made a career. You know, I mean, Bianca will, you know, will always remember beating Sasha Banks for her first title at WrestleMania. So I think a lot of people will remember that. Of course. So this was, uh, you know, historic, awesome. If you haven't checked it out, go watch. All of night one, except for the tag team turmoil match. You probably don't need to see that. You could also probably skip the almost and AJ thing. It was yeah. okay. But everything else, go check out. Uh, it, it was really, really good. I love night one. Um, and, and the match, I, you know, let me just run down the times real quick. Um, there were seven matches, and the lengths were like this. 18-20, 14-15, 11-35, 9-45, 11-25, 15-05, and 17-15. Now, normally, I wouldn't just read the times of matches like that. But as we move to night two, I'm going to read those match times and just tell me if you hear a difference. 5.50, 14.20, 9.20, 10.50, 6.50, and 21.40. There was only one match that they cared about on night two. They really, I don't know if they cut time, but this was a shorter show. This I think this show only ran three three hours and 32 minutes, whereas night one, granted there was a rain delay, went four and a half almost or something like that uh with the one hour pre-show uh, on on both of those counts so this was um night two was not not as good as night one do you agree with that statement uh this this second night didn't have as much meat right i think mostly because we don't really care that much about randy and fiend anymore mm-hmm the Rhea Ripley and Asuka match was just slapped together, and it's unfortunate because Asuka hasn't had enough developmental time. So I don't care as much about that match as I do about the Bianca and Sasha match. Not sure. developmental time, sorry. There wasn't enough of her uh, her title reign for it to matter that much. Yeah. So really the only match I care about on this card is Big E's match and the Universal Championship. Well, let's start with that Orton and Fiend match that you talked about. I think you're right. A lot of people didn't care about it or... The ones that did care were sorely disappointed. There were massive boos after this thing ended. Randy Orton won. He hit one RKO, I think, and won the match after Alexa Bliss appeared on top of what they called a box-like structure. It was clearly it's just, a, it's jack just a box. In the box. You just yeah. call it a box. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it was just a box. Um, 
But this is where the Fiend, I guess, was resurrected from. He did a few moves. The red light was back throughout the whole match. This was like every Fiend trope that that you just hate. And then to cap it all off, the Fiend lost in his big return match from being burnt to a crisp because his dead little, or I'm sorry, his little girl sidekick started dripping black goo from her face. I don't. I don't know what the fuck happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck was supposed to happen. But I'm glad that Vince maybe had some foresight to put this at the beginning and get it out of the way. Because if this were any later in the show, I would have just turned it off and not watched night two. Because I I don't know if you heard those boos, man. But this this was just awful. On the bright side, it was short. Uh, the Fiend does have a new costume. For whatever that's worth. Have you heard the uh, <laughs> the conspiracy theories and all that? Yeah, I heard that it's his brother. All right, so people think, think it's it's it Bo. Just looks like it's not Bo. It doesn't look like Bo. It's not. Yeah, I think a lot of people have pointed out that Bray has neck tattoos, and you can't exactly see the tattoos if you watch the match from night two of WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's just makeup and stuff like that, and how I, his that wardrobe stuff washes off. I don't know. It, it might be, but I don't. Bo wouldn't just have that hair. You can't. It's hard to fake like a. It, it like was very clearly Bray Wyatt. I just I don't you know. I don't see how like one like one bad match and everyone's out to s- explain why it, why it couldn't have been the Fiend, not our beloved Fiend. But yes, it was your beloved the Fiend. The problem with the Fiend matches like this is that the like, problem with the Fiend matches is that up. it's a WWE creation. <laughs> there's a lot of build up to it, and then like the payoff isn't that good, and it's just confusing and underwhelming when the match is over. Absolutely. Uh, this was this is train directed. Uh, like you said, there was one silver lining, one saving grace, and it was under six minutes, and that's all the good we can say about it. So let's just move on to what was probably the second worst thing of the night, to be honest. Uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler retaining over Natalia and Tamina. You'll remember we just talked about it. Natalia and Tamina won on night one that tag team turmoil match. The prize for that was a WWE Women's Tag Team Championship, which is different than the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship, despite NXT Women being able to compete for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship over the past year. So you explained that one to me. But anyways, Nat and Tamina won this big, long, drawn-out tag team turmoil thing just to lose to Jax and Shayna Baszler. So in the process, Natalia got her face kicked and a tooth went through her upper lip, I think. So, battle scars, I guess. Natalia took the pin from, I believe, Shayna Baszler. This went 14. This was actually only one of like. Oh, Natal- the, the pin was kind of cool, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. I might be thinking of a different pin. Was it the flip over to. Nope, never mind. Sorry, that was an NXT pin. But yeah, it just seemed like a big waste of time for Natalia and Tamina in the end because sure they got their moment on night one but night two was just a waste so Jackson Baszler will continue to be the dominant force until I guess they finally butt heads enough to split up I mean WWE's been working that story for decades and 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 I don't know if they think it's original here but it certainly isn't and and like I said this was this was not the highlight of night two so the first two matches for me at least the best way I can explain it was that Vince is just trying to get this shit out of the way. I mean, a lot of the inter- interest for the matches, it, not the interest for the matches, sorry, the interest for the actual event goes into what the matches are booked as. So you kind of 
got a freebie with that women's tag match. But the other stuff was just there to fill out the card, unfortunately. I know they need a women's tag team championship match on the WrestleMania card or also get roasted on Twitter. But come up with a story, you know, come up with something that isn't, um, you know, well, I mean, Brian I know Reginald a lot of people wanted Becky Lynch to come. Sorry. Reginald wasn't involved. That's, That's true. Cool. But, you know, I know a lot of people wanted Becky Lynch or someone to return, and that could have been like the mystery tag team in the turmoil match. They had a chance to make a surprise on night one and then make people care about a team they hadn't seen in, in a while that won a big gauntlet match to potentially become champions. And they would have earned it, too, because you would have seen them potentially in five matches over two nights. So I think they missed an opportunity here, especially because... For me, they're clearly going for the Jackson-Baszler split up eventually, so it just feels like the time isn't right, so this was all one big stalling pattern for me. The third match on the show was Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Uh, This is a classic. Uh, There's been several variations of this match, but Owens and Zayn, whenever they get together, it is always a banger. But this time, Logan Paul was involved too. Thankfully, he wasn't involved enough for us to care that much. He just took a stunner at the end of the match after... He turned his back on Zane. So he wanted to get Zane and Kevin Owens to be chummy afterwards. Is that he what he was to con- trying to do? I yeah, was I was he tried I to congratulate KO on the victory and then Sammy wasn't having it. See, Zane was like, What is this about? And then he threw a tantrum and left, and then Paul went to go shake Owens' hand, and of course Owens and the crowd had picked up Sounds on this world, by now. Yeah. Was ready to just hit him with the stunner. So that got a huge pop. I was happy to see that. I think WWE. Oh, he sold it pretty well, though. It was I'll a was that. a good sell. Let's give him that. But I think, I think WWE knew that Logan Paul was not as popular. Uh, not I don't want to say not as popular, but not as beloved as maybe you know he he they thought he was million fans and and yeah and they played him into the heel role right now i wonder if they like i don't know if they had to explain to him that he's a heel in real life um but i imagine that <laughs> Sami Zayn just kind of used this guy to get some clout on his match which is actually yeah. hilarious so good job sammy uh good job ko this was actually a really fun match uh there was i feel like I saw a bunch of like old El Generico spots, but I'm not that well versed in El Generico matches to like point out any similarities. But it looked way different than the Sami Zayn that I usually see as this like goofy, wacky guy uh, on SmackDown. I felt like he was an actual wrestler. So, uh, you know, I I enjoyed this for what it was. The fisherman suplex off the top rope. That was also really cool. Yeah, especially when you see him with someone like Kevin Owens that he's wrestled for like what 20 years almost it's got to be yeah near two decades possibly more i mean it's a long time it really highlights how good both of them are and you don't have like weird botches that you normally see in some of their other matches that just seem kind of thrown together yeah and you know paul not being on commentary as well i think that really helped uh if he were just talking throughout the match we'd probably be talking about how annoying his commentary was and not about the match that was so uh Silver linings, we're finding them for night two. Uh, we'll we'll do it for this one as well. Sheamus I mean, beat Riddle. That was a good match. Just wasn't super interesting. It's well, all right. You might say the same thing about this one. Sheamus and and Riddle. Uh, Riddle dropped his U.S. Championship. He acted like Elmo when there's a guest star on Sesame Street. Uh, when Rob Van Dam and the Great Kali were backstage with him. Uh, I, I dig that a lot. <laughs> RVD <laughs> he got some free rolling papers. Yeah, RVD advertises rolling papers, so it was a funny segment. But uh, it is very clear, at least to me, that Riddle 
is a goofball and nothing more in the eyes of Vince McMahon. So we'll see how that continues to go. I, you know, I, I want, I'm curious to what would have been done with Riddle had Keith Lee won that U.S. championship as, as we thought he would, because it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be Keith Lee, I thought, winning a championship and then Riddle won it because Lee was taken out of the match or something like that. I don't exactly remember, but I just wonder how history would have played out because it always felt like the championship being on this character of a guy uh, was never actually something that WWE wanted and Sheamus taking it from him just, well, I should have seen it coming. I don't know. The match was really cool, actually. It wasn't that, like, again, this is another thing where you kind of need the story and need the match for it to mm-hmm. actually be very good. But on a just a pure match basis, it was a decent match. The finish especially was really cool. Uh, there were a bunch of different bro kicks that hit really badly it looked like they beat the crap out of matt riddle and you know maybe a bloody matt riddle at the end of the match signals a more serious change in the character true i i didn't even think about that wrestling no that 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 would be a great actual dynamic change if they did that i would be i would eat my words and fully take it back he's got to be coming back eventually right you hope but you never know with this company so well maybe he'll go back to nxt no, but you're right. The finish was really cool. Sheamus hitting the brogue kick as... What What was Riddle trying to do? A flip Riddle off the middle a, rope? Yes, that's exactly it. So he got, obviously, clocked right in the face. He came up with a bloody jaw after the pin. Uh, it was a really good visual. You're right. Um, the other thing about this is that this is another one where Sheamus, right, he's a guy who potatoes everyone. He just mm-hmm. hits stiff. So Riddle, being an ex-UFC fighter, obviously can take a few punches. Uh, and I think that... Probably before this match happened, the two guys agreed to maybe throw a little harder than they normally mm. would or to show it a little more than they normally would. And it worked out. It felt more like, I don't want to say a UFC match because those are drastically different, uh, especially in style. But it felt like a fight. It felt like a real fight and not just like a performance, which a lot of wrestling matches do feel like these days. So I, this, I wrote in my notes that this surprised me. This This was actually better than I expected. The next match. Also, yeah, go ahead. One, one quick thing. We might also get Sheamus versus Cesaro. Oh, I didn't even think about that. They're both I, doing singles things. One of them has a championship now. Well, I have an idea for Cesaro, and I'll mention it in just a bit. But okay. Um, what I was going to say is the next match did not live up to my expectations. Biggie and Apollo Cruz. It was going okay. I know the Nigerian drum match thing was a weird stipulation, but. All in all, they set up the drums around the thing, and they, you know, said that it was just basically no rules. It, it was the a shit weak stipulation. It was I don't weird. Think, I'll admit that I don't know much about Nigerian drums, but I wasn't expecting to see a gong. Yeah, that doesn't feel Nigerian, but I, I've been wrong. Um, I just didn't understand the point of the stipulation. And they could have just had like a, a hardcore match, and it would have been just the same to me. I think they, they could have just said a, a no disqualification match, and then just had the same. Setup. Well, they did after they, they dragged they all the just drums had the same in setup and not said that. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, Biggie he lost here. Apollo Cruz did not have the upper hand on Biggie, as you may expect, because the story <laughs> was is that Apollo Cruz can't beat Biggie. But he can hire a giant goon to come in and beat the shit out of Big E in his first WrestleMania singles match and give him the loss. So that's what Vince had him do. It was, they pretended like they'd never seen this guy. It was very clearly 
Babatunde or whatever the fuck. I think Dabakato is what they called him. Who is that? In, the in, guy that was the uh, he was the ninja briefly. So no, 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 no. no. I That's think that was a different guy. guy. That was a different guy. Well, I think he was wearing a mask. So I don't know. So was this anyway. was the, this was the guy who entered in I think the Greatest Royal Rumble, and he was also uh, in a lot of Raw Underground sketches. So this I I I don't know why the announcers acted like they didn't know who he was, but his new name is Colonel something. I I don't even know. This seems like a weird character to introduce. It's re- in yeah, WrestleMania it, with this like was, this was a match that had like appropriate buildup. And then they introduce this guy out of nowhere. and it No makes, one's like, tuning in to find out who this guy is on Friday. It diminishes, like, the entire beating that Apollo Crews took. Yeah. Because I, he ended up just getting a fake win anyway. Right, yeah. Because, I mean, to us, the fans, Big E won that match, you know? And it's yeah. not it, it's not even heat on Apollo Crews. Like, oh, wow, he cheated to win. It was just like, okay, he lost. Yeah. Apollo so eventually Cruz he'll took lose a lot of hits and he stayed up for a lot of them. It, and it's not, and there's no convincing storyline where you go, well, naturally Biggie will just take on the man who's bigger than him and Apollo Cruz at the same time. Because I mean, you know, Apollo Cruz would just be watching the big guy beat him and then take his shots in whenever. So this really doesn't work for me from a story standpoint. I, I would have loved to see Biggie get the win here, but I WWE, you know, WWE. So what are you going to say? Or just have Apollo get a clean win. Like you said with the first match, at yeah. least it was short. Six minutes and 50 <laughs> seconds. Uh, if, if they had wasted any more time on this, I, I probably would be screaming a lot more. Some cool spots, but I feel like they were just uh, injury-risking spots that weren't necessary. I don't think they overall made the match much better. Yeah, ag- agree. Let's move on to the penultimate match of WrestleMania. That's Rhea Ripley defeating Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. So we had both women's title change, uh, like you said earlier, to uh, Ripley and Belair, and they're kind of like the NXT future moving up. So it was right. a big uh, you know, passing of the torch, so to speak. Not that Asuka and Banks are exactly going anywhere, but Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair are here now. Getting an so. opportunity, yeah. Exactly. So, th- no, th- this will be great. Um, I'll be honest. This is the one match that I, I did not watch all the way through. I just – something happened, and I wasn't able to watch it on the uh, the next day following. So, uh, you'll have to kind of guide me through this, Donnie. What I saw was the entrance for Rhea Ripley. It was actually probably my favorite entrance of anyone the entire the week. Entrance this, this she, week ha- yeah. she had her live band. Now, I mean, I don't know if you've ever – if you listen to that kind of music, the punk metal stuff, but – Live performances aren't always like what the CD sounds like, and that was the case here. But when they hit the chorus, it sounded pretty much like the song that she normally comes out to. And with the live band there, and Rhea's just got this like swagger when she's got it going on. I just thought this was this was a home run of an entrance. So I wanted to point that out. Uh, that is what I got to see. I didn't get to see too much of the match, so I'm not going to comment on the work. But I imagine Ripley and Asuka put on a banger. Am I right here? It went 13 minutes. Yeah, they... You know, this is another one of those great, you know, musical entrances. I think the last great one, I don't even know what the last great one was, but it reminds me of Ronda's entrance, but this is just better. Mm -hmm. You actually have, like, a proven wrestler with Rhea Ripley that you know can, like, deliver an amazing match, and she's going up against Asuka, and it's not, like, a weird triple threat. So, um, but the unfortunate downside is that we didn't have enough buildup to Asuka's championship because she just got it. I don't think she really wrestled anybody the entire time. And now she's just wrestling Rhea. 
that said, they did put on a great match. Now, if Asuka had a couple more matches before this one, it would have been even better. So I, I I can look this up. I'm sure, but did Asuka get the? Is 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 this the same championship reign? Yes. That that Becky Lynch handed off to her. Correct. Really? Like I, I. I was unaware that that, that kind of lasted so long. Mm-hmm. Um, the night, the night after the death of Rey Mysterio. Oh yeah, after he fell from the tower. <laughs> That's actually incredible. I I had not um, I had not realized that it had been that long with Oscar as the champion. But I know she was kind of busy with the tag belts too for a long mm-hmm. time. So, uh, it is a really big moment. And like we said with Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley's never going to forget beating Oscar at WrestleMania, especially after last year. Her match with Charlotte. I don't know if she was supposed to win that or not with fans there, but they obviously didn't go with her winning with no fans there. So I think last year was kind of heartbreaking for her. And this year, uh, you saw her when they opened the show uh, on night one. She she was sobbing. You know, it was emotional, as I imagine it was for a lot of them to finally be back in front of fans. But uh, this was one of those feel good moments, I imagine. Uh, when she did win the belt, uh, it's got to be similar to that twelve eighteen show, uh, maybe a year or two ago now, uh, where she won the belt on NXT. So, uh, congratulations, Rhea! Really happy for her. Excited to see uh, where she goes in the future. I think we're all excited to see where the young people go in the future. But there's one more title match. There that was we have a to DDT off the apron, which was oh. also a highlight for me. You might have missed that. Um, uh, yeah, I didn't, also... I didn't see the match. Yeah, is there yeah, is there, there was... more you want to talk about on that? Because um, I didn't even see it. Rhea drop kick. Asuka off the top rope to the outside. So that's pretty cool, too. Mm-hmm. She's a tall lady, and that's going to hurt Asuka for sure. And, you know, they did a lot of grapple wrestling. So it's kind of hard to, like, remember that. But it's good to watch. It looks smooth. And they yeah. both put on a good I match. I imagine it was one of those hard-to-play-by-play matches. But yeah. just when you're watching it, you're like, holy shit, this is yeah, awesome. just so. jaw-dropping action. It's, it's that, and that... Um, and she, she got the win with the Riptide, obviously. And I think the last time any, like, non-NXT watcher saw that was probably, like, on a Survivor Series. Right. So, and if you can pin Asuka with one of those, definitely a tough competitor. Big night for Rhea Ripley. Very happy for her. Our last match that we have to talk about was the the big one, I think. This was the one that they built up to the most that had kind of the most story going in with Edge coming back a year ago and then and then coming back again coming for the Rumble. Um, and then Roman, right, Roman leaving and then coming back as his big heel character. Fans finally got to boo Roman Reigns on his entrance and it not be the opposite of what the office was <laughs> intending. This... Yeah. Um, happy booze yeah it was uh you know reigns getting booed for all the right reasons edge getting his huge pyro entrance and daniel bryan coming out in a cardigan it was uh it was everything you wanted so sorry uh on pyro i think some of the pyro from night one got messed up because of the rain it did yeah uh night one's pyro that was supposed to go off for like welcome to wrestlemania because of the lightning storm uh was held off they did air it in between some match or something like that. Yeah. I, well, I don't exactly remember, but they night, did. It. Night two also felt kind of more flashy than night one because of that, because mm-hmm. there was the wrestling just wasn't fully there with story. And it just seemed like match for match sake. Well, except for this one. Yeah, I was going to say, except, except for, for this, this one. one, I feel like there was actual story going into this one. Fully my deserved. favorite, my favorite part of this was one i didn't know who was going to win the entire way through until like the last minute or so which i think is how good matches work mm-hmm. because they tell a story within themselves and the greater context so edge and brian were i mean really do, doing well 
And my favorite spot of the night was actually when they've got the double submission on Roman. It that looked like crazy. that was it looked like that was, <laughs> was it. So great. Uh, 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 there was a few times where I thought that was it. I when when Roman first got held up, I thought he was going to uh, tap right there, but that didn't happen, obviously. And, and, and then the match, Roman the match not being able to tap. Roman not being able to tap. That's crazy. What about that spot? <laughs> Do you think I've heard people argue that? Uh, is it because you can verbally submit? So, well, his mouth was covered. I okay, but he's giving. But he gave up. If he's going to tap and someone stops him from physically tapping, does that mean he didn't quit? Like, would still... would the Universal Champion be two Universal's champions with Daniel Bryan? <laughs> an edge and then they'd have to wrestle for it yeah that would that, you're right it's it's probably best that they didn't go with that finish but yeah no it wasn't going to be the finish but damn roman took a, a hell of but a punishment let's there. talk about the finish they did go with because it does involve all three people roman reigns stacked i don't know who did he stack on top of who i i brian um, and edge were on top of each other and reigns pinned both of them just to be i think he extra. i think he put uh he hit Brian with the chair first, right? Then he hit with the, Edge concerto? With the concerto, and then he put Edge over Brian. There we go. So this was. I also love you know a guy doing another dude's finisher. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> and and let's the battle of the spears, the big spear that. Oh yeah, dude, the the spear to spear like Edge Edge took out. Reigns out with a spear, and I think that was probably the biggest pop of both nights of WrestleMania. Hmm. Uh yeah, I mean, not much you can say. This was definitely the Roman Reigns coronation that we've been waiting five years for events to finally get on with and and hopefully i think this is one that the fans have accepted uh i think we like roman reigns now especially after he did everything he did uh in his personal life obviously with the cancer beating that or at least uh coming back from that the way he did uh and being such a class act protecting his family during the pandemic and all that Hmm. there's just a world of respect that wasn't there uh, a few years ago when I went to WrestleMania to see him fight Brock Lesnar. Uh, that is clearly there between Reigns and the fans now. So I'm happy to see that even if it took a, a heel turn. Uh, Reigns is doing wonders with this heel turn. Uh, he has the same problem as Lashley. I don't know who he's going to fight. Uh, you mentioned Cesaro possibly going with Sheamus next. I think Cesaro yeah. could actually go with Reigns if, if they need to kill That'd a little be time cool. before they do a draft. That would be cool. That would be, hey, better than having... Uh, they might. So what I originally thought when Seth came back was that they might have Seth go after him. So Cesaro beating Seth and then going after Roman would be a super dope match. I know that they kind of hinted at it. Um, I don't remember where, but I have it somewhere in my notes that it'd be awesome. So I'm looking forward to where all these moving parts head. And what do you think? What do you think happens after, or I mean, following WrestleMania with Edge and Daniel Bryan? Because Edge. This kind of felt like one that he was I don't almost know if destined Edge is to win. Be a weekly wrestler. Yeah, what, does does Edge take take some more time off? Um, Daniel Bryan had mentioned if this is my last WrestleMania, I want to you know do X, Y, and Z. What, you know, where do their stories go? I think it's very interesting. Uh, you know, I I kind of didn't see Reigns retaining until like I said the very last minute. Uh, which is good from a fan perspective, but from a booking perspective, it has me intensely curious as to where they're going to go with these guys because Daniel Bryan is not someone who just gets booked haphazardly usually. I mean, I know <laughs> he did have the feud with Big Cass, but... <laughs> he has been booked haphazardly, but when he's not, it really makes a big impression on us. Yeah. Um, um... But, but hey, 
Night okay, one man. for me was the better night. Uh, but overall, WrestleMania 37 is probably one I will never forget because I let's face it. Uh, you know, even if it was 11,000, 15,000 fans and we're used to 80,000 or 100,000 or whatever number they want to lie about, uh, this was the largest wrestling show that we've seen in over a calendar year. And as a wrestling fan, it's got to warm your heart to see the guys and girls that we watch week in and week out that put their bodies on the line, finally get that warm reception from the crowd or, you know, cold reception if they're heels. But for me, it was just, like I said last week, wrestling felt like it was back. And I know they're going to be in the Thunderdome for a bit more, but a beam of light in the sky, if you will. So I had a great time with WrestleMania 37. I hope you did too, Donnie. Uh, anything you want to wrap up with? I don't know. We should probably finish Razon. Yeah, you're right. We do need to catch up with the Raw after Mania. So let's log off here and we'll catch you again next week. By the way, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at Dave B. Rosenberg on Twitter and at MSC Pro Wrestling for our main account. We post all of our episodes there, and you can subscribe on whatever podcast app you use.